what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. internet travelers and welcome once again to the before and after show as always i'm your co-host mj smith and i'm your other co-host for another couple episodes cory tyndall yep cory this is your last set of episodes it is so you're going out uh on kind of a controversial one yeah that's i guess how i want it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> um but we are also joined by a guest this week uh, everyone welcome amber williams hi <laughs> hello amber hi guys it's good to be here Good. Um, yeah, we decided that uh, it would be a little weird if just a couple of dudes were like, here's what we think about this <laughs> super controversial movie about women. Yeah. Um, so we got a, a lady on to talk about it. Um, but that's not the only reason you're here. I think you're going to be great. Yeah. Um, so before we get into all the nuts and bolts and nooks and crannies of what uh, what's going on with the Ghostbusters reboot, yes. um, have you guys been watching anything this week, Amber? Um. In the past week, I well, when I went to the movies, I saw the new X Men movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think? Um, I liked it. Uh, it was, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's starting to repeat itself because the X Men movies are getting so redundant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like special effects wise, it was it was good. I mean, I would. I don't know if I'd go see it again, but yeah, it was worth the seeing it once. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt. I wasn't, like, the hugest fan of it. Corey recorded a whole YouTube video on how he would fix it. Yes, it did. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, it it was fine. I feel like it had a lot of potential. I feel like it could have been really good, and there was just, like, a couple things. Well, not a couple things. Like, a few major things that really kind of held it back. So, Mm -hmm. but, yeah. I liked it. I don't know. I was pretty entertained the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was pretty forgiving on it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I really liked um, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, as my new he's like the best part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was so good. His character, just like the actor himself and the character he plays, he portrays it so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the arc really they give good. him. They give him the best arc in the whole movie, too. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Just his whole story is really good. Um, anything else? Um, that's it. Corey? Sweet. You, I, had, you had a bit of a week. I had a movie <laughs> heyday. Um, man, so... My wife was out of town this past week for a couple of days, so I used the time to watch movies. And we watch movies together, but I was watching some that she might, I don't know, not have any interest in. So I watched Looper this week. I watched The Money Pit. I watched um, Bridge of Spies. And I watched uh, Ghostbusters in preparation for this episode. But lots of stuff. Um, let's go through them kind of quickly. Looper, I liked it. I liked the kind of original concept of it. I like the the kind of like uniqueness with like the time travel stuff. You can't read too much because it's like a time travel like you you're in like one timeline and then you have a these guys are like hitmen and they like kill people that like get sent back in time so no one can like trace them. And so you have uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt playing, like, his younger self of this character. And then Bruce Willis is, like, the older self. And so he comes from, like, an alternate timeline. And Joseph Gordon-Levitt's supposed to, like, kill him. 
and then things kind of go awry, and so there's kind of like this cat and mouse back and forth between them, and it was pretty entertaining. It's definitely one of those I think I need to watch it again to catch everything, because mm-hmm. there was so much mm-hmm. I felt like going on in it, but I really liked it. I liked the aesthetic of it. Um, Ryan Johnson, right? Ryan? Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson, yeah. yeah. Who is directing Star Wars Episode Eight? Yeah, so I... Uh, I liked it. I liked the tone. It's very... I remember you telling me it's very visceral. It is a very visceral movie. So, yeah. And then I also watched Bridge of Spies. Like I said, that was really good. I really Bridget loved it. Pies. Bridge of Pies. Man. Spielberg knows how to bake a pie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't believe it. I've been calling it Bridge of Pies since it came out, and I've never thought about saying that. Man. Uh, it was really good. I loved it. Yeah. It, it was, was... Man. Spielberg knows how to do stuff. It's uh, and it has a guy. I don't know uh, if you heard about the BFG. We we talked about it on our YouTube channel last week, but it has the same actor in it, um, and he's great. He, oh wow! Yeah, Mark have Rylance. you seen either one of them? I haven't seen. Nope. Oh, okay. So yeah, Mark Rylance is. Oh, he's so good. He's yeah, such a good actor. Man, Aww. he's really good. So. Yeah, and then um, like I said, Money Pit. It was it's kind of a weird movie. I just kind of had a weird curiosity to watch it. It's just like absurd. They buy this house and like try to fix it up, and everything goes wrong. So it has Tom Hanks in it, so he's fun. But it's just absurd. Is that Meg Ryan in that one too? No, it's uh, Shelley Duvall. Yeah, I always think that I'm like, no, not Meg Ryan. Uh, but yeah, that one was fun and. Uh, and then I'll talk about Ghostbusters later on, but rewatch that because it's been a while since I've seen the original Ghostbusters. Probably like at least 10 years. So, so yeah, I had a full plate of movies this week. So, what about you, MJ? Well, first off, Tom Hanks laughing is all I think of when I think of the money pit. When he's stuck <laughs> in the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great scene. That's he one just, of my favorite Tom Hanks moments. He I just like. breaks down. He's yeah. just like, I, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. It's either that or cry. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I had a bit of a week, too. I uh, Thursday night, I got a chance to see an advanced screening of a movie called Nerve that's oh, yeah. coming out. I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I hadn't either until, like, last week I saw this post that was like, look at these posters for this movie Nerve. And I was like, what is this? And then I got forward an email from a friend of mine that was like, hey, come to this advanced screening. And I was like, what? When is this opening? July 27th. It's coming out this month, and I had never heard of it before. Yeah. (laughs) It stars uh, Emma Roberts. Yeah, Emma Roberts and Dave Franco. Um, So just relatives of famous people. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, But Emma Roberts is this, like, high school senior on the cusp of graduation who her friends are like, you need to live a little bit. And there's this social game called nerve mm-hmm. that's basically they in the movie they describe it as truth or dare without the truth okay um so basically you sign up as a player or a watcher and you mm-hmm. pay money as a watcher you pay like 19.95 a day wow. which seems outrageous yeah to watch people and um you kind of choose it's kind of like twitter like you choose who you're watching at any given yeah. moment and you vote on like dares for them to do mm-hmm. and then they like the 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 person playing chooses whether to accept or to bail out yeah um the dares get crazier and crazier but the amount of money they can win gets bigger and bigger and then eventually people get eliminated until there's one left and they win the game and they win a bunch of money and then it turns out everything behind it is pretty sinister because that's a pretty gross premise for something anyway yeah (laughs) 
Um, so Emma Roberts plays this main character who signs up as a player in like a, the spur of the moment and things get out of hand. She meets a Franco, um, who's another player playing the game. And she has no idea who he is, but she trusts him and goes into the city with him. And it's sort of them kind of trying to eventually bring down the game from the inside. Oh, okay. And I am not the target demographic for the movie oh. whatsoever. It is <laughs> squarely aimed at teenagers. And that's fine. Yeah. Uh, teenagers run the economy, basically, when it comes to entertainment. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, since the 1950s, it has been teenagers who decide yeah. uh, how the culture operates. So... That was fine. It was directed by uh, two guys whose names escape me, but they directed um, Paranormal Activity 3 and 4 and the movie Catfish. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the movie Catfish. I haven't seen Catfish. No. Okay, so it's a documentary about uh, these people who were on a dating website and they uh, went to meet someone and it turned out that that was not the person that they were saying they were online. Oh, um, so if you hear, like, someone got catfished, that's what that means. Oh, okay, yeah, I've yeah. heard that before. Yeah, that means that they met someone online, and then it turned out to, like, be someone that it wasn't. It's a trap. Yeah. Um, <laughs> usually it's for extortion purposes. Oh. Um, so they directed that documentary, and then this, and so they kind of have a really good grasp on how, like, the, this is, I can't think of a better way to, to describe it, but kind of the verve of the internet, like, the... The way online culture moves, because it's very fast, you know? Okay. Um, and so the, that that kind of permeates the movie in a good way. Yeah. Um, I'm really fascinated by the way, like, new media is intersecting with traditional media. Yeah. And they have, like, a lot of YouTubers have cameos in this movie. Like, oh. A lot of, like, there's, like, one major character who's a musician who's famous primarily on YouTube and SoundCloud. Um, wow. Yeah, he's like a rapper named Machine Gun Kelly, and I have no idea wow. this guy existed. Yeah. Um, we didn't get embargoed on it, so yeah. we were free to talk about it. The movie's actually okay. Uh, it's wow. not It's not the best movie I've ever seen, but it's way better than it should be for like being aimed at the audience. Um, yeah. I think there's a lot going on as far as how far is too far with our online culture, um, and just kind of the teenage experience right now. Um, yeah. You know, I'm definitely not a teenager right now I was a teenager <laughs> 10 years ago 10 years ago was the last time I was a teenager but it's a much different experience from the last time from when I was a teenager you know and I think that they kind of nailed it you know just the pressure of like living and dying by your follower counts and that's mm-hmm. how like the cool kids are determined now um yeah. the characters are a little overblown uh to be too realistic a lot of them are seniors in high school and have like tattoos everywhere oh, wow. <laughs> which i feel like are just the tattoos of the actors that yeah. they didn't have the makeup budget to cover up oh, okay <laughs> uh, um and so that that like kind of threw me off and then like some some of the characters are just like like aggressively rebellious high school teenager oh. and i was like okay calm, like slow it down a little <laughs> but it's no it's not too bad um they direct it with a ton of energy, and I appreciated that. Um, the end isn't stupid, which okay, is good. It seems good. like it's going to be, and then it's not. All right. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I was about to get really upset with the movie. There was <laughs> oh. a moment where I was like, if this is how this ends, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. So it's not worth seeing, but it's not not worth seeing. Okay. I feel like it's going to be kind of a sleeper hit amongst like bored high school kids on a Sunday night with nothing better to do. Yeah. So I, I think, and there are much worse things out there they could be watching. So Warcraft. Yeah. Yeah. At least <laughs> nerve makes sense. <laughs> Independence Day resurgence. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was fine. Um, it was, just, it was cool to see the advanced screening and 
you know, I'll have a written review up on the blog. Yeah, yeah. Uh, soon enough, closer to closer when it releases. And then finally, I watched The Big Short, which is uh, Best Picture nominee from last year, directed by Adam McKay, who actually directed Talladega Nights and Anchorman. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> um, and... It's about the how the housing market collapse in 2008. Uh, it's not about the banks that kind of caused it or um, the sort of shady lending practices that yeah. caused it. It's about these three groups of men who saw it coming and instead of warning people, invested into like basically bet a, bet that that would happen yeah. with their investments and made a bunch of money off of it. So it's not actually about the direct cause of it it's about the people who profited off yeah of it. um christian bale's character made like 1.3 billion dollars off of it wow this guy named michael berry um it's really well acted um it's pretty well made and put together mm-hmm. and i kind of hated it <laughs> um, it it's hyper expressionistic and which is Fine if your name is Martin Scorsese, uh, but not when you're the guy who directed Anchorman. Yeah. Um, it's just, it tries so hard because it knows the subject matter is very dry and kind of confusing for people because it's all about finance. Yeah. And so Ryan Gosling is in it and he, he narrates the movie and breaks the fourth wall all the time. He addresses the camera directly a lot. Yeah. But then he'll throw it to random celebrities to explain these financial terms to you. So they'll be like, oh, yeah, it's the the F blah, 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 like whatever this form is or whatever this type of investment is. And he'll be like, I know it's confusing. Um, here's Margot Robbie in a bubble bath to explain. And then it just cuts to Margot Robbie drinking champagne in a bubble bath explaining this, like, this stuff. And I was like, this is stupid, right? Like... This, am yeah. I no what? people liked it okay and, and he does it a couple other times Anthony Bourdain shows up to explain stuff uh mm-hmm. Selena Gomez shows up it's to really explain weird. stuff it's, it's weird. very weird and so um basically like the, the the what I gleaned from it is what happened is we started selling mortgage bonds in the 70s and mortgage bonds are comprised of thousands of separate mortgages combined into one bond mm-hmm. and as the housing market i mean there are only so many houses and so many people yeah so as we started running out of places we started giving less and less good loans uh we started giving to people who probably couldn't afford the houses yeah they were going to be in um and so there's a rating forum which is triple a double a a triple b uh double b and b Mm-hmm. And so AAA is the best, single B is the worst. And as those bonds started accumulating, they became more and more B, double B, and triple B, and less and less A, double A, and triple A. Yeah. And so those were going to default just based on mm-hmm. how they were lending. And they were lending indiscriminately. And so, but if a bank ever, um, if a bank ever rejected a loan yeah. and they said, oh, this is too low to even be rated uh, a single B, they would put it to the side. They wouldn't deny the loan outright. They would put oh. it to the side and when they put enough of them to the side, they would produce it as a different broke oh. or as and they would they would combine them all as like, this is just one and oh. rate that as a triple A. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Yeah, so it was this triple A mortgage comprised of hundreds to thousands of Pe- below yeah. single B. Yeah. Um, <laughs> mortgages and so that's what led to the collapse and so the story is about these three guys figuring that out and then just making tons of money off of it but this montage 
the montage where they're doing it, um, where they're figuring all this out and doing all the deals with the banks to let them know, like, hey, I want to bet against the housing market. And the banks being like, that's crazy. The housing market will never crash. Is set to a ludicrous song, um, mm-hmm. which is fine. Mm-hmm. I, I like pop music in my movies. Uh, Quentin Tarantino uses it all the time. Martin Scorsese uses it all the time. They're two of my favorite mm-hmm. directors. The stupid thing here is Adam McKay also intercuts that montage of these guys going around to these banks doing it. With the actual music video? Yeah, that's really weird. And it's a super, super weird... It's super weird. Oh. Yeah, it's there's some bad choices in this movie. But Steve Carell is incredible in it. Uh, mm-hmm. re- I mean, he is super good in it. He's such um, a good actor. He is really mm-hmm. good. Uh, I haven't seen Foxcatcher. No, but I heard he was really good in that. Yeah, I heard that too. He looked really good in it. Christian Bale's incredible in it, of mm-hmm. course. Um, Christian Bale plays a character with a glass eye. Oh. And either they digitized that or Christian Bale learned how to make only one of his eyes move at any given time. And it could go either way because Christian Bale also learned how to play the drums for this movie. Wow. Yep. And I was like, oh, he'll just play like a basic drum beat. No, he plays a Metallica song in this movie. Wow. Yep. It's And it's very obviously him playing. Wow. That's yep. so cool. Yeah. Uh, I love Christian Bale. He's super good at it. Um, Ryan Gosling's in it. And it furthers my theory that Ryan Gosling needs to talk more in his movies because yeah. he was incredible in The Nice Guys. Yes. And he's really good in this. And he talks a bunch in this and The Nice Guys. And so just <laughs> less less, less not talking Ryan yeah. Gosling, more actual talking like Ryan Gosling because he's way more entertaining when he talks. He's yeah. Just, he's just a better actor when he talks. Um, yeah, I think that was all I watched. Wow. Yep. Full movie weeks. Yeah, for both of us. Um, Usually we talk about some news here, but we also have a before and after show film school to get to. Um, Mm -hmm. We'll go to that, and then we'll come back from that and talk about Ghostbusters 2016 times. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. So we'll be right back. Uh, Corey and I will be back with before and after show film school. Yes. Welcome to the Before and After Show Film School. Yes. Um, This is a segment that we do on every before episode where we talk about either a segment of film history or Mm -hmm. a segment of um, film theory. Yes. And we've been trading off. Uh, Corey, this will be your last set of Before and After Show Film School uh, things. (laughs) And um, I'm actually, quote, teaching this week. Yes. And I usually teach on film history stuff. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, we just got done talking about characters. Yes, characters. Using Les Miserables mm-hmm. as, as an example, and that was very good. Yeah. And so it's time to talk about film history. Yeah. So we've been in the silent era, and we're still going to be in the silent era. Originally, yeah. I thought we were only going to do the two films, but I've learned quite a bit more about the silent era, and I feel like this is somewhere we need to stay for a while. Yes. However, we are not going to be watching silent movie this week. Really? We are, but also we're not. Oh, okay. So, this week we're going to be talking about uh, um, Georges Méliès. And Georges Méliès was a French uh, magician who is the pioneer of special effects in movies. Wow. Yes. Hmm. Uh, But before we get to him 
in earnest, we need to talk kind of about the history of the film camera. Mm-hmm. and uh, Or the motion picture camera, I guess. The motion picture camera was invented by Thomas Edison. I think it was actually invented by him, and he didn't steal it uh, okay. as he was programming. <laughs> uh, but he invented it, and he uh, he invented the um, the kinetoscope. He in- he invented the the film camera, and he invented the kinetoscope to go with it, which is how you viewed it. Okay. And a kinetoscope is uh, basically like those Nickelodeons that you see, where you put your face in it and oh, you see yeah. the movie play out. That's an Edison kinetoscope. Okay. Um, however. Aug, uh, Auguste and Louis uh, Lumiere mm-hmm. made the cinematog- uh, yeah, cinematograph, okay. which was the first projector. It was the first invention that let people watch movies as a mass audience. Okay. So up until they invented it, um, you could only watch motion pictures through the kinetoscope. Mm-hmm. They invented the cinematograph, and you could watch movies in, uh, as an audience. So, uh, that being said... Uh, Auguste and Louis were French, and mm-hmm. therefore uh, France actually saw the first real motion pictures. Oh, okay. As a group, um, and Georges Millet's, he was a French magician, as we stated, mm-hmm. and he saw an opportunity. Um, he said, "If I do magic in front of people, imagine the magic I can do with." this film camera and he <laughs> pioneered the techniques of substitution splices so where something disappears out of frame yeah uh, multiple exposures so that there's mo- more than one thing uh, or more than one copy of a thing yeah uh, time-lapse photography dissolves and hand-painted color there was a bunch of his movies where wow. he actually took the master prints of his movies and hand-painted the the individual frames of wow. each movie wow um he was one of the first film directors, and he made upwards of 400 short films. Whoa. Yep. He had a... He was basically the first film mogul. Yeah. And he had a budding production company, and they made a lot of films, and then um, World War One happened. Yes. And uh, as a result, he actually... Um, you know, World War One devastated France, mm-hmm. and because France was dealing with the war, he was unable to deal with uh, the the film industry in France tanked. Yeah, and so he wasn't able to continue making his movies because no one was going to see them. Yeah, understandably, because France was in a time of huge crisis. Yes. So, in a moment of. Uh, complete desperation he burned down his studio oh and all of his master prints no so georges melies hundreds of his films have been lost to history Ugh. um there are i think less than a hundred surviving films um a there are less than a hundred surviving films in his in his catalog. Yeah, of the hundreds he made. Um, so it's kind of a tragic story. Ugh. So this week we're going to be watching a trip to the moon. Okay. Um, now this is a very famous short silent film. It's twelve minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's the one uh, I'm sure you've seen with the guy with the rocket. the The moon has a face and the rocket sticking out of his eye. Yeah. If you've seen that image, that's from a trip to the moon. Okay. So. 
there are two versions of a, on Netflix. There's a um, black and white version, which mm-hmm. is from the original uh, Masters, uh, or one of the original prints that somehow survived. Yeah. Uh, the other version is on Netflix, and it's in color. Uh, it's not the hand-painted color, but okay. it's in a close approximation to it. Yeah. And it's got new music. So we'll watch both of those. All um, right. Feel free to watch uh, whichever one you want. I mean, it's 12 minutes. You can you should yeah. probably just watch both of them yeah. and see what the differences are. But the main film we're going to be watching, so technically, yes, we are watching three movies, but two of them total 24 yeah. minutes each. Yeah. The film we're going to be watching in earnest is uh, Hugo. And Hugo mm-hmm. is a movie from not the silent. Yeah, era. I know. That's why I was, I was like, what? Yep. Oh, curveball today. Yes. And actually a little bit of a spoiler, but I don't care. Um, Hugo is a movie from 2011. Uh, starring, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> starring Asa Butterfield and uh, Sasha Baron Cohen oh. and Chloe Grace Moretz, Christopher Lee, and <clears throat> Ben Kingsley. Okay. And Hugo is about this kid named Hugo Cabret in 1930s Paris, who he lives in this train station. He's an orphan who lives in this train station. Yeah. He's the one who sets the clock in there. He lives in the clock tower in the train station. And he befriends this lonely toy seller mm-hmm. um, who is kind of this depressed old man played by Ben Kingsley. And yeah. it is revealed that Ben Kingsley's character is Georges Millais. Oh, okay. And... The rest of the film is kind of him inspiring um, Georges Millais that he actually does have a beloved legacy of his work. Oh, wow. And that's the, the, yeah, that's the overall arcing uh, uh, story in the movie Hugo, which you would not get from looking at the trailers at all. It was actually kind of a twist when the movie came out. Oh. However, it's not a twist when you realize that Martin Scorsese directed this movie. Oh, okay. Uh, Martin Scorsese <laughs> is uh, one of the best directors of all time, mm-hmm. and he, uh, he he he. This is based off of a book um, called I want to say the uh, the uh, the invention of Hugo Cabret. Okay. And Scorsese took this on because Scorsese is an old film nerd. That mm-hmm. is his thing through and through. And so to tell the story of Georges Méliès. Through this lens, he jumped at the opportunity for it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I mean, he's one of the masters of cinema, Martin Scorsese. Uh, you know, and and really, without George mm-hmm. Melanes, he doesn't have a career. Yeah, like, Martin Scorsese isn't yeah. a thing. Yeah, without uh, without uh, Melanes pioneering this technology and these techniques. So, mm-hmm. in the movie, you get to see a lot of the techniques that. Uh, he used actually yeah. they actually recreated a bunch of his shorts for the movie wow yeah they like went back and tried to refilm them as accurately as possible so you get to see a trip <laughs> to the moon in this too but it's not the full 12 minutes of it there's yeah. kind of a montage of him making the movies and you just kind of get to see what he was going for and you see some of his movies um scorsese is a huge film preservation guy mm-hmm. he's i think he's <laughs> the leader of the national board of film preservation yeah uh, it's kind of his passion He's really out there uh, and, and, you know, really liking to get the conversation going about this. The reason we're doing it is because I think that, um, you know, without Edison, without the Lumiere brothers, and without Georges Méliès, cinema doesn't exist. Yeah. And I think it's super important that we, um, 
that we get to watch this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's super important that we we understand where we came from. And yes. um, you know, this is for more or less an adventure movie, um, Hugo and a trip to the moon. Yeah. Um, a trip to the mu- a trip to the moon is I think the oldest movie we're gonna see ever. Really? Uh, in film school, it's from 1902. Wow. Yep. So this movie is, uh, what is that? A hundred and fourteen years old. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> which is just astounding to me. Like just that alone, I've actually never seen a trip to the moon. Okay. Uh, or any any of his shorts uh, mm-hmm. that aren't recreated in Hugo. I've only seen Hugo. Yeah. And so you know, the story is wishful thinking. It didn't actually happen with uh, Miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, he died kind of sad. And old and bitter. Uh. And so this is, this movie is kind of an alternate history version of his story in which he gets the recognition he deserved. Uh, He was not appreciated in his time because two wars basically split apart his country back to back. Yeah. Um, So with that, keep in mind that this is not an actual document. Like it's not actually what happened with with him. But (laughs) a lot of his story and the backstory involved with the character is very accurate. It's and, like Scorsese, like doing like saving Mr. Banks, except yeah, it's like <laughs> basically, yeah. yes, um, yeah, and so and so that's why we're doing it. Uh, Corey, what do you, what do you think about that? I'm excited. Like I I didn't know where we were going when you first like said we're gonna watch three movies, kind of, and as you've introed this and told me all this stuff, this is really exciting and very interesting. I mean, like his life. Wow, it, it's just like it's so amazing, but then it's like tragic at the end. So it's just really cool that Scorsese has like created this film to kind of like honor him retrospectively. Because it's like mm-hmm. you were saying, it's like if we don't know our roots, it's like we don't know where we come from. It's like literally, if these guys hadn't done these things, like we wouldn't have cinema like we do today. So I'm really excited to watch this. Yeah, and uh, it's weird because Hugo is kind of billed as a family film, but I don't know. Like it didn't do that well. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I just don't know what the audience would be for this movie, you know? Yeah. Um, just given the subject matter, like, no, a lot of people still don't, probably don't care yeah. about Georges Méliès, and they should, uh, because if they see a movie now, it's because of him. Yeah. And uh, I just think it's a story that that, that needs to be told. Um, Hugo is kind of a weird one for streaming. Um, you can rent it for free, but only in standard definition, on Amazon. Yeah. It's not actually part of Prime. That's weird. It's just a free rental. So you <laughs> get it for 48 hours yeah. if, you, if you rent it. Whereas on Prime, you can stream it whenever. Mm-hmm. With this free rental, you can just watch it. And it's in standard definition. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know why. I don't know why. It's $3.99 to rent on Amazon. That's weird. Yep. Um, <laughs> both versions of A Trip to the Moon are on Netflix. They're okay. probably on YouTube. I would imagine that they're public domain yeah. by now. But uh, they're definitely on Netflix. So mm-hmm. uh, that's where you can find them. Um, if you're interested in the beginning of, of cinema like this, uh, definitely look at uh, Mireille's and, and read his story. We kind of scratched the surface because we want to keep the segment brief. Yeah. And the Lumiere brothers and Edison and all that stuff. It's really, really, really interconnected. And uh, what you should pay attention for is the fact that he's a magician. And the fact that he figured out, oh, I can do these grand illusions 
that's, in this movie. That's so cool. That's like, you like, I don't know, I don't think I would ever naturally connect that, but like you saying, like he was a magician, I was like, that makes so much sense for oh, a yeah. magician to be the person who's like, hey, let's do special effects like in a movie, you know, it's mm-hmm. like essentially a magic trick like in a movie, and it's like, wow. Yeah, I mean, movie magic. Like, that's yeah. a thing that you hear all the time, and it's literal. Yeah, you know, it's, wow. Th- that, that, that phrase has a literal meaning because it is born of a magician. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love magic, yeah. so that, that like, already <laughs> endears me to loving uh, this story, um, and I love movies. And yeah. so the, the integral role this magician had in movies is right up my alley, actually. Yeah. Also, Hugo is a great movie. I mm-hmm. think it's really good. It came out in, on Thanksgiving, and mm-hmm. I was the only person who went to see it in my theater. Oh, really? Yeah, I was one of like five people in the wow. theater that day, wow. and uh, it was really good. It came out in 3D, actually, because there was a, Martin Scorsese really was pushing 3D for a while. Yeah. He said that every movie eventually would be in 3D. Oh. Turns out he backed the wrong horse on that, yeah. but you can't all, you can't yeah. win them all. And... <laughs> The 3D was super good because oh, wow. Martin Scorsese, yeah. and he wouldn't he wouldn't do anything uh, halfway. Yeah, you know, um, Scorsese has given us some of the best movies of all time. Uh, if you would have asked me in high school about Martin Scorsese, I would have told you he was my favorite director of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's probably my second favorite director of all time, with Spielberg being tops. Yeah. But they're all kind of that same school of directing. These guys who came up in the 70s mm-hmm. and were the first batch of of upstart directors to come out of film school. Yeah. It was kind of him, Spielberg, Lucas, Francis Ford Coppola, those guys really mm-hmm. came, they were the first generation of filmmakers that went to school specifically to learn how to make films. Yeah. And they're widely considered some of the greatest filmmakers of all time. Yeah. I don't think that's a coincidence. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Scorsese, I think, has suffered a little bit of Spielberg syndrome in the last couple years. Uh, Mm -hmm. Not that there's been a problem with his movies, (laughs) but in that there's been a problem with the reception of his movies, and I don't understand it, you know? Um, Anytime someone like Scorsese or Spielberg, uh, Coppola less so, he hasn't proven himself, he hasn't really made a good movie since (laughs) the 70s. Um, Anytime one of these guys makes a new movie, I I just think that we need to go support it and see it because these are the guys who have really shaped movies for us forever, you know? These are literal living (laughs) legends. Yeah. And we kind of have been dismissive of them recently, you know? Uh, Martin Scorsese directed the first episode of the show Vinyl. Oh, yeah. I remember you talking about that. I mean, it's like an almost two-hour episode. It's like like a a Scorsese TV movie, you know? Yeah. And... It's good. Uh, I guess the rest of the show isn't. Oh. But people were super dismissive of it, and I couldn't understand that. Like, Scorsese put something new into the world, and he's getting up there, and he doesn't yeah. have a whole lot of movies left in him just by age. You know, he's almost 80. Wow. Yeah. Is he still doing movies? Yeah, he's got a movie coming out this year or next called Silence, starring Andrew Garfield. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, he did Wolf of Wall Street two yeah. years ago. And, yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that just eats, lives, and breathes cinema. And, and he's, he's going to do, do it until he dies. Yeah, until he can physically no longer do it. And maybe even then some he'll find some way to yeah. like, be directing an armchair director, you know. And so with this, you'll see a lot of classical filmmaking um, style. So it's a little bit slow. It's a little bit, you know, yeah. uh, not meandering, but not ponderous. It just takes a minute. It, um, yeah. It sets up its characters, and it, it takes the time for you to get to know them. Yeah. And so keep that in mind. Like I said, it's built as a family film. You can certainly watch it with your kids. Mm-hmm. Hopefully your kids uh, are able to 
appreciate it and yeah. it'll spark something in them. Uh, watch it with your kids and watch A Trip to the Moon with your kids, uh, especially if you want them to not have an aversion to black and white things. Yeah. <laughs> I would say watch it with them. I think this is going to be a really, really good introduction to film history for uh, young people or even mm-hmm. some of you who are a little bit older that don't really know where to start with all this. Yeah. I think that Hugo is a very important document of history, even though it takes place in sort of a fictional version of it. Yeah. Um, much of the story is very real. And so I think that's a good starting point for anyone interested in cinema. Mm-hmm. So that's why we chose it. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pretty excited. I haven't seen Hugo yeah. since it came out in theaters. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, too, just all the stuff I said, so this is going to be fun. Yep, um, and we're going to take a short break and be right back with Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Bam. back from film school um i hope you guys enjoyed that segment i know it's three movies this week but uh one of them is the same movie twice and it's only 12 minutes long so not too bad it shouldn't be too bad um we're here to talk about ghostbusters 2016 uh, yes that or ghostbusters colon answer the call because apparently (laughs) that's actually what the title screen says oh yeah yeah (laughs) Which uh, is not how it's been marketed at all. They chose a Fast and Furious direction to go, um, wherein Fast and Furious 6 was marketed as Fast 6, and then it said Furious 6 when we went to go see it. (laughs) Um, So this is a movie from Paul Feig, who uh, directed Bridesmaids and The Heat and Spy. Spy. Um, He also got his start on television, directing a bunch of episodes of Arrested Development. Mm-hmm. And it's Ghostbusters. I mean, it's it's uh, all female cast. Yes, um, all female. All four main characters are female. It's not just women in the entirety yeah. of the whole movie. <laughs> um, it's it's just all four. All four characters uh, are women. Um, it takes place in a different continuity than that of the original Ghostbusters. So, yes. Ghostbusters one and two didn't happen according yeah. to this Ghostbusters movie. This is a brand new Ghostbusters. Um, and there's a lot of controversy surrounding it. So I think... Yes, there is. I think this movie is kind of what this show is really designed for. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of biases going into it. There's going to be a lot of biases coming out of it because we're people with opinions. Yes. And, uh, there's no such thing as an unbiased opinion. Oxymoron. Um, yeah. Everybody. Um, <laughs> you, you have some sort of predisposition to stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just the way it is. Yeah. And... So this movie lets us get all of that out in the open, Mm -hmm. uh, to be honest with you guys, and to talk about those things uh, before we see the movie, so that when we come back next week and talk about the movie, we're talking Mm -hmm. about the movie on its own merits, which is how it should be. Yes. Um, It's not to say these opinions won't affect our viewing experience going in, but you guys know them before we even go into the theater. And we know them before we even go into the theater. So... I guess to kick this off, before we really address this, uh, you know, Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 are two 80s movies that are beloved um, mm-hmm. by a lot of people. Yes. Uh, do you guys want to kind of talk about um, your history with Ghostbusters and uh, 
whether you're a huge Ghostbusters fan or not really, or you've never seen them, or 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 what. Um, Amber, will start with you. Okay, um, I saw the Ghostbusters movies when I was I was a kid, um, so it's been a while since I've seen them. Mm-hmm. But um, but I I mean I really like them, and to, to think about this new movie coming out, it's, I mean it's different, but I'm excited to see what um, what the the female characters will bring to the the story. Yeah, Corey, what about you? Uh, <clears throat> um, like I mentioned earlier, I actually went back and watched Ghostbusters again this past week. Just the first one? Just the first one. Um, and I mean, like, I, I saw Ghostbusters growing up. It's been a really long time since, like, I had seen them. And I just remember always kind of being like, oh, yeah, Ghostbusters is pretty cool. And, you know, it's like I was more around when, like, the TV show was on, you know. Um, but I don't know. I don't really have a strong, like affinity i think the ghostbusters are cool but how some people like really 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 love star wars i'd say you know i love star wars way more than the ghostbusters or even like some other stuff and so i guess going back and like watching it i was just like okay you know this is a pretty good movie i think it holds up pretty well um i just don't have a lot of like personal nostalgia i guess with the film um but i mean like on its own merits it's a I think it's a pretty good comedy. So, what about you, MJ? I like it. Um, I saw it maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. They were on Netflix for a, a minute. Um, oh, okay. And I watched the first one there. Um, and it's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. It's not something I really grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess sort of the Save New York movie that I grew up watching was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have more of an affinity for that yeah. than I do Ghostbusters. I saw Ghostbusters when I was a kid. They're fine. Yeah. Um, they're funny. They're well-made. Uh, they're well-scripted. They're well-plotted. They're well-paced. They're well-acted. Mm-hmm. They're they're good movies. Yeah. I don't think that they're the greatest movies I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. There are comedies I like more. There are action movies I like yeah. more. Yeah. But Ghostbusters is a perfectly acceptable way to pass the time. Yeah. I'm sure people are very <laughs> mad about that. Um, yep. Apparently, according to everyone who's mad online, uh, Ghostbusters is a beloved franchise. It is. MJ, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, which apparently I was completely unaware of. Get out of here. <laughs> um, Ghostbusters 2 is bad. Yeah, I, I don't think it's as good. I mean, like, I know it's not as good. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's fine, I guess, but... In comparison to the first movie, it's bad. I think it's just bad. I think it's... The climax of the movie is powering the Statue of Liberty with the NES gamepad and the power of music. But you know it's sweet. The power of joy. Like, just happy thoughts make the uh, the um, Lady Liberty go and punch a ghost. Or whatever happens in that movie. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it is... Not good. No. Like, uh, no. The last time I saw that was about two years ago as well, probably. I threw out my back, and um, <laughs> on the day I went to the chiropractor to actually do something about it, I was told that I needed to rest, uh, just lay down for four hours, and it was on TV at my father-in-law's house, <laughs> which like, is where I was laying on his couch. So, Like, there you go. Yep. Uh, so I watched it on television, commercials and all, because wow. I couldn't find the remote or get up to find it. Oh. <laughs> so I was like, guess I'm watching Ghostbusters 2. Uh. uh, so yeah, it's, for me, there's actually not a lot of stakes with Lady Ghostbusters, uh, in But this. there is for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who hold this, like, 
like kind of how like you hold Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Very much like I don't want Ghostbusters like Ghost that Ghostbusters has this great like spot in their minds and they don't want that tarnished. Right. I think it's kind of like a nostalgia for maybe their childhood or the movies of their childhood. Yeah. And they're just not wanting that tarnished. Yeah. Yeah, and that's actually where I wanted the conversation to go next. Um is that a thing? Like, what? Is, is, <laughs> if so, uh, let's use Karate Kid. Uh, Karate Kid is another beloved movie that was remade with Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. Jackie man. Chan, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and uh, <laughs> there was a lot of talk around the time of like, oh, childhood ruined. But uh, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Is that a thing? Is that a thing? My wife's home. <laughs> I mean, I, I kind of want to say, like, yes and no, more leaning towards no, because the original still stands. You can go watch the original Karate Kid. You don't have to go see, you know, Mr. Miyagi as, like, Jackie Chan, even though I love Jackie Chan. But you don't have to, like, really acknowledge that or see that it's there. But I guess some people are like, well, there is a property or an IP, and because a bad one came along, that kind of, like, mars the existence of it, but I don't know. That's kind of my take. Um, yeah, I mean, they're two separate things, you know. It's it's a different time, different age with this new movie coming out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't think it compares. But. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird argument to me. <laughs> when it's like, well... I don't think this new Ghostbusters is going to end with the director coming out and being like, Hi, I'm Paul Feig. Go out and burn every copy of Ghostbusters you can possibly find. This is the only Ghostbusters that shall exist in everyone's memory from this point forward. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And so the idea that this is going to tarnish your childhood or ruin it is absurd to me. And trust me, uh, Jurassic World exists, and I still love Jurassic Park as much as I did. Yeah. And... uh, I hate Jurassic World, and I don't think that tarnished the idea of Jurassic Park at all. Yeah. Um, if anything, it made strengthened it, it. Yeah, yeah, it made it better. So if this new Ghostbusters sucks, all that does is make the first one look even better. Yeah. Um, if it's good, then it's a worthy uh, companion to that. Yeah. So, I, yeah, it's an insane argument to me, and just kind of childish and dumb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing yes. is uh, the four leads are all women, and people are mad about that. Yes, um... Kind of going off of that, the uh, the first trailer that came out for Ghostbusters, what, like, kind of three months ago now, mm-hmm. was the most disliked video in YouTube history. Um, and a lot of that, the controversy is revolving around, like, you know, the roles are switched with all females. So how do, how do we feel about that? Um, well, <laughs> um... I don't know. For me, being female, I mean, it's it's neat that the, all the Ghostbusters are female. But I mean, like, like you said, it's a different movie. It's a different take on the movie. But it doesn't. It's. I don't know. I don't really see the controversy in it. But. Yes, that's the correct <laughs> answer. Yeah, um, it do, like it doesn't matter. Yeah. However, um, where do you stand on like? There are a lot of people, and I haven't really, I guess, hashed out. I guess it depends on the day when you ask me. (laughs) Like, why does this have to be Ghostbusters? You know, why couldn't it be just a new intellectual property that's 
these four women par- par- paranormal investigators, you know? Um, does that, do you think that diminishes uh, the fact that they're women of like, oh, well, we're like kind of forcing them into this uh, franchise that was traditionally all male? Like, why can't we just make something new that's for women that has this or starring women that has this in it? Um, or does that even play into it at all? Um, you know, it's, I, I think, um, that with the original Ghostbusters, um, it's just, they're trying to switch the gender roles and make the movie something that, I don't know, I just don't think it, don't think it matters. Like, it wouldn't have mattered if there was a new movie that came out, because there is such a strong sense of, like, entitlement for women now, Mm -hmm. that it's, it's just, I mean, they're just trying to, I guess trying to show that there's an equality yeah there. yeah but um i don't know they could have easily done that with a new movie yeah so. yeah i don't know there are some people who argue that like um i know i know michelle rodriguez uh kind of got in some trouble for talking about specifically minority groups um and that you know because there was i don't remember what it was uh i think i want to say it was around the time johnny storm Oh yeah, from Fanta- the new Fantastic Four was Michael B. Jordan. And yeah, Michael B. Jordan's a black actor, and she recorded a video that was like, well, "Why does he have to be black? She's obviously uh, Hispanic." <laughs> yeah, and she was like, well, "Why does he have to be black? I don't understand. Like, he was written as a white character. Let's keep him white and yeah. just make like another cool black superhero. Let's just make a new property for him." Yeah, and she kind of got into some hot water for that. And I kind of see both sides of yeah, that. Yeah, I do too. Um, I get it, but also, it, I mean, doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, I don't really care if Johnny Storm is black yeah, or me, not. Me neither. I just care that it's a good movie, and it wasn't. So, yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I, I land on Ghostbusters, is, like, I just want a good movie. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't really care. And that and I think the whole <laughs> the whole issue with, like, the leads being, like, flipped, you know, like, gender-switched, I think, obviously, like, I can't discount that some people probably just unnecessarily hate this movie because of that, you know? It's just, I mean, that's sad, but that's just the truth. Some people are just like, oh, as women, it's going to be terrible or whatever. And that's that's a horrible thing, and I'm sure that those people are there. But I think more people, and I'm, I'm sure we're getting to this, but I feel more people are upset about this movie because it's kind of another one in a string of, like, remakes that is not really honoring the the kind of the sensibilities of, like, what came before it. So kind of, like, why we're so outraged at, like, Jurassic World. Or even, like, Independence Day. I mean, that doesn't really have, like, a big following or whatever. But these, like, sequel films have not felt, like, in the vein of the original. And I think that's what a lot of people are mad about. Not necessarily that it's, like, women or men, you know? Mm -hmm. I would have been fine with, like, if we had, like, you know, a mixed team of people, you know, like, men and women, or just women. I just think people are angry because it's, like, this doesn't feel like Ghostbusters. It's not true to the storyline of the original. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's, yeah, that's exactly where I want to go with it, is, one, does that matter? And two, um, does this movie appeal to you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I, I guess, in this, in this weird, in this weird way, I'm like, I want to see it because I just want to see how this all pans out. But that the leads are female is not really a problem for me. I, I think you know, it's like, oh, that's kind of like a new take on something. It's just I'm, I'm more put off by even though I don't have a huge history with Ghostbusters, but even just recently watching 
the previous film I was telling you I just don't feel like this new one feels in the spirit of that film pun intended yeah <laughs> oh man good catch um, good. so so yeah that's kind of that's kind of where I sit on it mm-hmm. um, I I feel the same like like I said I don't care that they're female male it doesn't matter um, but the, the quality it just seems different the movie Mm-hmm. Spirit. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, but, I mean, yes, but do, I mean, do are they at all obligated to be in that vein? Like, it has the title of the movie, yes. which, which goes back to like the original. Yes, it's and and I think when you have that title, like we've talked about, you invoke a certain aesthetic that the movie should have. Um, and I mean, I guess you could make the argument it's like that aesthetic might just be like, oh, well, they're in the same city and things look the same. But I think it's more than just kind of like a visual aesthetic. I think it invokes the aesthetic of like, this is what the original Ghostbusters film, like the type of humor, the type of writing it had. And so a lot of people aren't seeing that. And so I think that's where a lot of this outrage is coming from. And I feel like, I don't know if this is kind of like a breaking point. Like, it just, it seemed like all this frustration has been built up about like these remakes that people don't want, that don't feel in the spirit. And Ghostbuster just came at the right time or the wrong time, however you want to like appropriate it. It's this perfect time for everyone. It's just all of it is like hitting this movie at once, you know? Um, what do you think, MJ? Um, I could go either way on it. Um, yeah. I very much don't think art owes you anything. Yeah. Um, you know, the way I see it is they can make whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, and they have, and I have to respect <laughs> that. Uh, but I can also not like it. Yeah. Um, or I could be totally surprised by it and end up really liking it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't, like, Devin Farachi tweeted that, like, art isn't a plate of food that you order to your taste specifically and send back when you don't like it. Like you yeah. have to take it on its own terms. And so with this movie, like, yeah, it doesn't look like it's, you know, the dry wit of the original. Yeah. It looks a little like an extended SNL sketch. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I have to accept that. And yes. so it's yeah. my, it's now my job as a consumer to say, to meet it on that level yes. or decide whether or not that that aesthetic works for me or not especially as like if we're talking like critically about films yeah it's like you have to meet a movie i feel like halfway you have to say like okay these are the terms i'm seeing this film on and i mean again this all comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning like just our biases that we bring into a movie Mm -hmm. um i don't i don't know i'm not in a place where i think this is going to be terrible because i have seen some terrible movies this summer um and i don't think this is going to be terrible i think it could go either way but i just think it's gonna probably fall someplace in the middle i don't think i'm going to like outright hate it um but that again is because of kind of like i'm trying to meet the movie like with what it's giving me you know if i go into it knowing it's like i'm gonna hate this film because it's not like the first ghostbusters i don't think that's i don't think that's fair for the movie so yeah um Amber, what do you think? Do you think the movie looks good, or are you kind of middle of the road, or do you think it just looks bad? <laughs> um, I don't think it looks bad. I mean, like, I'll, I'm going to go see it, um, but just trying to keep an open mind about it. You know, it's it's a new Ghostbusters movie, which makes me think of, think of the old ones, but at the same time, it brings some new things to the plate. Mm-hmm. So, you have to kind of take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And then... Um, 
to kind of lead into this before we get into the real specifics of the movie itself, this has been kind of a, a blown out discussion so far of everything surrounding yeah. the movie itself. Um, Paul Feig is the director and he's at the center of this. He also kind of, he, I think he co-wrote the movie or wrote the movie. Yeah. Um, and he has had a lot of uh, words to say about yeah. the people who hate this movie. Um, he said that anyone who doesn't like the movie is an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't like that at all. Um, I think that there is a certain sect of people who are just unwillingly are unwittingly hating this movie because it has women in it that deserve to be called that. Yeah. But that's not what Paul Feig is saying. Yeah. You know, Paul Feig is, he's kind of building, he's giving out these broad generalizations of any, to where it's, you know, if you say anything bad about the movie, you can be called a sexist. Yeah. Or a misogynist or or something. You know, if you say, hey, it kind of looks like this black character in the movie looks really stereotypical. You know, he can say, well, that's racist. Or if you can say, hey, um, I don't find most of these women particularly funny. I think there's better female comedians. Yeah, Yeah, I think there are funnier actresses you could have gotten. Well, now you can say, well, you're a sexist. And I don't find any of these women particularly funny. they're fine. I'm sure they're very they're very likable yeah, women. Yeah. I like Kristen Wiig. I like Megan uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy. I always mm. called her Megan Mullally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Megan Mullally is someone who I would love to see in Ghostbusters. Like all female Ghostbusters, I love Megan Mullally. I think she'd be great in this movie. Um, you know, so I with Paul Feig saying all this stuff, it I think it's creating this sort of dangerous precedent for. Um, what we're allowed to say as people who think critically about things. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. And I mean, it's in some way kind of like hindering our critical response, critical like analysis of this film. Because it's like you said, if we say any of these things, it's like you're automatically like pigeonholed, like, oh, don't listen to that person. They're sexist or they're a misogynist or they just hate women. And that's not the case. It's like we're trying to, like we talked about, meet the movie where it is and, like, respond to it critically. And in some ways, it's kind of just... He's broad-brushing and, like, silencing a lot of, like, people's thoughts and critiques. And I don't think that's right. And that's kind of scary because it's, like, Ghostbusters has been this weird, perfect storm, like, in a horrible way of all this stuff. And so it's, like, I don't want this to be kind of the future of, like, if we get another film that's made, you know, even if it's, like, a new original thing and it's, like oh, well, if you say something about that because it has, like, a woman in it, it's like, you're sexist, you know? It's like that... I just don't think those things are, like, necessarily... It shouldn't be at odds, like, the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I think um, by doing that, the director uh, is just using the that whole sexist card to his advantage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially... especially what, he's, what he's doing. Yeah, and I mean... Especially because he's a man. It really feels like that. It really feels like he has this, this, uh, I mean, basically this female human shield he can use <laughs> to block any criticism of if he made a bad movie. Yeah. And um, have you guys seen any of his other movies? He directed Bridesmaids, The Heat, and Spy. I've seen most of Bridesmaids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, there you go. Have you I've, seen any of them? I've seen most of The Heat. I haven't seen <laughs> Okay. What did you guys think of those movies? I mean, 
there the parts I saw it's like there was some funny stuff in it I I don't know I wasn't I didn't think it was like terrible I didn't think it was like fantastic or the best but you know the section I saw of the movie so I thought the I thought the heat was pretty funny um but now that you mentioned that he did those movies they all have strong female <laughs> leads um I thought it was a good movie but like I said I didn't see the very end hmm yeah, I saw Bridesmaids in theaters, uh, and that's the only one I've seen. Um, the Heat, my roommate was watching, it and I was—I had a super bad cold, so I was just kind of like dying in my room. Yeah, and he had it—he had the disc from Netflix, and he was watching it. And so uh, I walked out, and he had a pause, and I was like, "How is it?" And he was like, "Awful! I'm getting ready to turn it off and go to bed." <laughs> and like, we didn't have anything going on that day, like, yeah, there was like basically nothing else to do. And so <laughs> even that, he was like, "Uh, no thanks, no yeah. thanks." Um, Bridesmaids, I thought was boring, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I I came out of the movie and I was like, mm, I'm not a woman and I've never been married um, because I saw it in theaters and it came out like four or five years ago. Yeah. And But I went with a woman who had been married and I was like, hey, what did you think? She was like, that was pretty boring. <laughs> <laughs> and also not how getting married is. That's oh. not what it's like to get married. So um, there are funny parts. There are two hilarious scenes in that whole movie, but the movie's over two hours long. Mm-hmm. You need more than two funny sequences in a two hour long movie. Like, yeah. you know, um, I'm definitely of the opinion that comedies need to be short to begin with. Um, they mm-hmm. need to be these sort of uh, perpetual motion machines in order for them to work. They need to like be able to build jokes and keep hitting you with jokes. Like, I think the best comedies and the ones we truly <laughs> remember are relentless with yeah. their jokes, you know? <laughs> um, and so I think a movie that takes a lot of time to really get into the dramatic and the character stuff is a dramedy at that point. That's yeah. fine. Um, there are plenty of great dramedies out there. Just bill it as one, you know? Yeah. Bridesmaids, was, Bridesmaids was marketed as, like, Knocked Up or The 40-Year-Old Virgin yeah. for Women. And it kind of like, kind of wasn't. The two hilarious scenes were. They felt yeah. very much right out mm-hmm. of right out of an Apatow movie. Um, there's a scene on a plane that's super funny, and then there's a scene with them buying dresses that is also hilarious. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some funny bits here and there, but those are the two extended sequences of hilarity in the movie. And it's just, it, it did not keep my attention for the whole thing and i was a captive audience i was sitting in a dark yeah. movie theater and i was like yeah i'm ready i'm ready for this to be over yeah. um you know and and so i don't think paul feig is that good of a director uh although i love arrested development um mm-hmm. and i couldn't tell you which episodes he directed but i love almost every episode of that show so it doesn't really matter yeah you know um if you pick any one of the ones he directed i'm sure it's a classic episode of that show yeah and, but just, I don't know, it seems, it seems almost unconfident of him to be saying this stuff. You know, like, he almost knows he didn't make that good of a movie, and so he's kind of hiding behind it. Yeah. Um, okay. So, <laughs> all that is out of the way, and I'm glad we got all of that out of the way. It was, it was kind of a long discussion. Um, yeah. But I think it was necessary, I think it was necessary... Um, for when we come back next week, I think we'll have uh, much clearer eyes yes. to view this movie with. Um, I think, you know, the three of us especially mm-hmm. now know where we all stand with it. Mm-hmm. Are you guys excited about this movie? Oh, well, no. <laughs> Let me reword that. We already answered that question. What are you looking forward to out of this movie? 
I'm looking forward to, uh, I don't know the, the whole premise of the storyline yet, but um, I am going to, I'm going to confess, I'm going to be comparing it a little bit to the old ones. Mm-hmm. So, just to see how it, yeah. how it measures up. So what am what am I excited for in the movie? <laughs> Are you looking forward to anything? It can be no. Like no's an option. No one's gonna call you a sexist here, Corey. Oh, well, they might online. Um, I <laughs> man, I maybe <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe this is revealing of like nothing. I don't know. I guess excited to see how they use. The Ghostbusters world? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not a particular fan of really any of the actresses. I hear Chris Hemsworth is great, but... Oh, yeah, Chris Hemsworth is great. If, I, if I say that, you know, it's like they say I'm sexist. So I'm... I, oh. I don't know. I guess it'd just be interesting to see how it compares to the other Ghostbusters movie. Like, just what did they do with it? Kind of how, like... For whatever, you know, it's like I didn't enjoy most of Jurassic World, but it was fun to see what they did with, like, the reference to Jurassic World, like that middle sequence when they go back to the park. So it'll be interesting to see if Ghostbusters kind of has a little kind of, like, sequence like that where it's like, oh, yeah, the other Ghostbusters movie. Especially when they said it didn't, they didn't happen, right? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't doesn't take place in the same continuity, yet everyone from the original is in this movie. Yeah. They all have cameos. Yeah. (laughs) What? <laughs> um, I actually, I know I said earlier that I don't find uh, these women particularly funny, and I kind of lied. I'm really looking forward to Kate McKinnon's character. Um, I think she's gonna be great. She like the Egon yeah. this movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, the one with the goggles. She looks like she's gonna steal the show. Like, yeah. I, I very much am looking forward to that character. I think if there's one character that I'm going to love in this movie, it's going to be that one or Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I think Chris Hemsworth looks super funny in this yeah, movie. Yeah, that's what he I looks, keep saying. He looks really, really funny in it. Um, and then I really like the ghost effects in this movie. I mm-hmm. feel like I'm kind of in the minority on that. Yeah. It's got this, like, cool haunted mansion vibe yeah, to I'm it. That and too. I really like it. I'm super into that aesthetic, man. Um, haunted Mansion's my favorite ride at Disneyland. So mm-hmm. that might have something to do with it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think those ghost effects look exactly how a Ghostbusters ghost should look in 2016. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, in the first movie, like, recently watching it, it's like, you know, they, they use practical effects for some stuff, but there is there is a little bit of kind of weird CGI that's, like, dated. So I, I would like to see how they portray all the different ghosts in this movie. So. Yeah. Yeah, um, I mean that's a it's a short list about what I'm looking for. Yeah. I, I I hope the movie surprises me. It's getting yeah, me um, too. It's getting pretty mixed reviews. Embargo lifted uh, at the time of this recording. Embargo lifted at 10 a.m. this morning, so yeah. all the reviews are kind of flooding out. I've seen good. I've seen bad. Yeah. Um, the bad ones are actually bad pieces of criticism, which kind of make me sad. Yeah. And the good ones are actually really good pieces of criticism. Um, the Hollywood Reporter gave it kind of a bad. Mm-hmm bad review but i haven't read that one yet apparently that one's actually a decent review um yeah there's one guy who did like a 15 minute video yeah about why he hated the movie and it's really bad don't listen to him it's real uh first off he broke embargo he actually (laughs) um he posted his review a full 24 hours before he was supposed to so already i don't like that like you have a contract with the studio at that point you've come to an agreement yeah and so this guy went out of his way to be belligerent about it and so that's 
that's like not okay. And then he says that uh, the first Ghostbusters movie is quote not in on its own joke, which is the biggest lie of the century. Yeah, um, yeah. I've seen people online uh, saying that Ghostbusters is not a comedy. Oh, like this new one? No, 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 the original. The the original in general? Mm -hmm. Is not a comedy. Maybe they watched a different movie. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, maybe. Oh my gosh. I like, I don't even know how you could come to that conclusion. It's a comedy, like it's got comedians and it was written by comedians and directed by a comedy director. I don't understand. They were on SNL. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um... And then he also, uh, he, oh gosh, that other thing in that video is he doesn't bother to know the names of the cast, so he just kind of like he names all of them except Leslie Jones. Like yeah. He didn't commit her name to memory, and then didn't bother to look it up. Uh, like he said he was going to, and then was like, ah, never mind. And I was like, uh, uh what? Yeah, you're right <laughs> there. You're yeah. right there. Wow. Um, yeah, it's really bad. It's really bad criticism. He also says that all four of the women came from SNL. Melissa McCarthy does not come from SNL. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he doesn't know anything about culture, so therefore he can't properly read the text. <laughs> um, so don't listen to that guy, but, uh, yeah, the reviews are, are real fascinating to read. I think... This movie kind of has a lot of the same, in a different way, like, stigma that The Force Awakens had on it. Because The Force Awakens, there was all this this hype in comparison to the previous ones. And it was more of, like, I felt people were on the other end of, like, this is going to be the best movie ever. This is going to be the best Star Wars. And, you know, it's like, we came out of the other side and, like, I like The Force Awakens, but I... I don't think it's the best Star Wars. You know, it had some problems in it where I feel like Ghostbusters is like on the other end of the spectrum where it's like, this is going to be the worst movie ever and it has all this stuff and it's going to be nothing like the original. I I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be a terrible movie. I don't think it's going to, to train wreck, you know, but it's again, it's like people have like these weird like expectations or they don't check their expectations and even just like, meet the movie halfway and so i think that's a really important thing like if your guys are going to go see this movie is to kind of be like okay whether or not i like like ghostbusters or like all the negative pr that's been around this movie just try to like when you go see it just objectively be like okay i'm going to kind of take this movie for what it is and i mean and that doesn't mean like you don't notice callbacks to the first film but kind of just like get like meet the movie on its own terms i think that's really important for this one Yeah, don't hate watch this movie. Um, it's gonna be a waste of your time. Yeah. If you like, if you hate watch it, it's just you're gonna hate it. Like, yeah. Th- you know you're gonna hate it. You know the eventual outcome of it. Yeah. Uh, do as I say, not as I do. I hate watch Jurassic World, but yeah. I did it for the show. Um, <laughs> you know, it was. I knew I was gonna hate it going in, but yeah. I was very upfront about it, and then I came back and I was like, did "F meet- this movie, basically." Did you meet the movie where it was, MJ? I feel like yes. It hated me. It hated me as an audience member, so I hated it. Um, you know, uh, I think there was a good comparison you had about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, be- this being on the other end of the spectrum, I know um, Star Wars. I personally got a ton of crap online. Yeah. Um, for thinking it was kind of okay. Frustratingly okay. For thinking it was frustratingly okay. Um, people really didn't like that, man. And then yeah. two days later, I called Creed the best movie of 2015, and they really didn't yeah. like that. Yeah. Man, did they not like that. <laughs> nope. Uh, even though it was the best movie of 2015. Uh, um, 
so I think with this, if I do end up liking it, I might see uh, yeah some 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 similar reactions online. That's how. I, or even if I say like it was fine, I mm. feel like people are gonna be like, "How can you say that?" Which I didn't know. Like the Ghostbusters community was so vocal, but now I feel like. <laughs> But now I feel like all of their hate and a lot of that negativity that people have is rubbed off on, like, people in general. And so I feel like there's a lot of... There's a high probability of a lot of people going into this movie, like, with the predisposition of, like, this is going to be terrible. So, plus all the other factors around it, like we discussed. Yeah, um... Patton Oswalt, the uh, comedian... Mm-hmm. He said that he thought it was terrific on Twitter, and then people accused him of murdering his wife because his wife died earlier this year. What? Yep. Yeah. I know Dan Aykroyd got some hate for saying he liked it, and he said it was, I think he said something like, it's better than the original or just as good. And people mm-hmm. were like, how can you say that? You've gone back on your own art. What? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should go read his Twitter. It That's got, insane. it was crazy. And I was like, That's I, so nuts. Ivan Reitman, uh, <laughs> who wrote the original and uh, was super involved with it, uh, he's actually an executive producer on this. He said he understands the hate on this movie, and people mm-hmm. are mad about that. Yeah. Uh, and then he said that, like, that doesn't mean that I don't have faith in this movie. Like, I yeah. still think we made a good movie. Yeah. But I understand how people who haven't seen this thing yet yeah. think it's going to be bad. I don't think it's going to be bad. And so then... They were like, oh, you hate the movie you produced? Well, you're just grabbing for cash. And then he was like, no, I think it's going to be a good movie. And they're like, oh, what? So you're just endorsing the thing willy-nilly? And it's like, well, there's no winning with you people. Yeah, I know. Man. Yeah. And so it's just, uh, oh, this week's going to be so tedious with all the stupid people on (laughs) you're If you're involved in film Twitter at all, just... Stay away from your Twitter this week. Everyone's going to be stupid and opinionated and dumb. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a weird time for this to come out, yeah. I think, uh, just given how crazy the world's been lately. Yeah, um, it's... and just all the... I feel like this movie, even if it didn't start out like that, there's been a lot of different social agendas like that have hooked their wagon to this, you know? like. So, I don't know. Just If you go see the movie, just really just try to knock all that stuff aside and just watch the movie you know man yeah i hope this i hope this show this episode specifically can help you do that yeah Uh, i hope i hope uh you listening i hope you feel uh kind of uh at peace in some weird way with uh how you feel about the movie and um can actually like this was a good companion to help you kind of process all that before you go into the movie if you're planning on seeing it and that's fine if you still think it's going to be terrible. That's fine. But just, like, understanding that, you know, just because you think it's going to be terrible and whether you go see it or not, it's like some of that is your bias. You know, mm-hmm. that's your that's not objectively, you know, we'll go see the movie and come back and try to give us, you know, impartial and, like, a critical perspective about it. And, like we all, like we said, we all have some bias. But knowing that, like, you have that bias and being able to set that aside, like, even how you were talking about... Uh, I forgot about the movie, the housing market one. Big Short. Big Short. Like you said, it was really well put together, but it's like you didn't really like it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like I think that's where people need to be on this movie. You need to be able to say, here's my biases, set them aside, watch the film. And then obviously you come back and you interpret the film through that. But just being able to say, like, maybe the movie isn't inherently bad, you know? It's okay, but my bias makes me, like, not like it, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, Amber, do you have anything you want to say? 
No? No. <laughs> thank you for being here. Um, you'll be back yeah. next week to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah. Thank okay. you for having me. It's yeah. been fun. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I am at MJSmith891 on Twitter. Amber, are you on Twitter? And I'm on Twitter at KenTheHat49. Um, yeah, fun times. Yep, coming, coming off a hack. Coming off a hack. Yeah, that was weird, but uh, everything is good to go now. <laughs> yeah. um, you can email the show before and after show at gmail.com. Find us on YouTube. Uh, we do. Uh, we have an episode about Secret Life of Pets this yes, week. Yes, yes, coming up. Yep. Um, and then, uh, let's see, what else? Uh, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, mm-hmm. BeyondPod if you're an Android user. Yes. Uh, that's the app I use, and it's pretty great. Um, that real perspective. That real perspective. Blogspot.com. That's that R E E L perspective. Blogspot.com. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Uh, tell us what you think. Um, let us know what you think about this Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. There's a lot of thoughts. Uh, I want to. I want to hear. Keep it civil. If anyone's uh, d bag on the comments, you will be deleted. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah. That's that's all I have to say about that. Uh, be smart about what you're posting online about this movie. Yeah. Uh, don't be a jerk to anyone. Uh, welcome, welcome discourse. Welcome, yeah. Welcome discussion and welcome dissenting opinions. But uh, don't be too too uh, yeah. salty about it. Yes, it's not it's not worth it. Yep. Um. Yeah. I think that'll do it for us. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for being here. And until next week, go watch Ghostbusters. Any of them, <laughs> not Ghostbusters two. <laughs> Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs> <laughs>